Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. Albert Einstein said this, Wisdom is not a product of schooling, but a lifelong attempt to acquire it. Charles Spurgeon said this, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Uh, One thing that cracks me up are these commercials that are um, home security systems and had like a former thief and they're going, I used to break into everything and now he's selling you the system, right? How many of you know that knowledge could be used both ways, right? According to the Bible, right? It also has a lot to say about wisdom. Time and time again, the biblical writers paint this picture before us and that is this. If we obtain wisdom, we will obtain growth. See, if you don't change what you're learning, if you never increase your knowledge in the Word of God, you're always going to struggle. Have you? I mean, think about this. Some of you have been doing church life for a long time, and we still make some of the same mistakes. But if we will attain wisdom, we're going to obtain growth. See, growth for our lives, our business, our family, we have to grow in all parts of our life. Right? If you're just great in business, but you stink at family, that's not good, right? So we want to grow in every part of our life. If you don't grow, it's going to show. If you don't grow up, then you're going to continue to make mistakes over and over. So one of the things, one of the sayings that I've always um, tried to make this true in my life is don't make any big decisions in your life until you read the book of Proverbs. I will promise you there is an answer to every situation. And every time I read it, I'm like, my gosh, the next person that comes and complains to me, I'm going to say, okay, you can complain about everything. Just read the book of Proverbs first. Okay? And so every answer is in that. Why? Because the Bible is a breathing and living tool. Amen? That's God's word for us. And it doesn't get old. Okay, so you might think, oh, that language is archaic. You know, that doesn't apply today. So Proverbs 1, 7, uh, that's where I'm going to start. It says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, I'm going to say that one more time, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Have you ever tried to give somebody advice on something and they didn't take it? Have you ever somebody tried to give you advice and you didn't take it? I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if you want to be somebody that has a lot of knowledge, you start by fearing God. Amen. And His Word. Fear normally implies that upon feeling it, we're going to run in the opposite direction. Like if you, I might tell somebody, um, which I have a good friend here tonight, she hates talking in front of people, but she's a great server, right? And I might say, hey, I need you to come on the mic. How many of you guys have a fear of speaking in public? That's like one of the biggest fears there is. So there's all kinds of fears, and normally it makes us run in the opposite direction. It causes us to retreat or keep from doing something that we actually need to do. But today, I'm actually going to be talking to you not just about the fear we have day to day, but I want to talk to you about the fear of the Lord. Amen? 
So when we say the fear of the Lord, is the Bible telling us that we need to be scared of God? No. So it's the beginning of wisdom. The Bible actually gives you a starting point. So if you want true wisdom in your life, you have to begin with the fear of the Lord. So as I said a moment ago, the real question we have to answer is this. Does God want you to be afraid of him? No, no, that's not what we're talking about. But this is what I'm going to do. Instead of me giving my version, we're going to let the scripture interpret the scripture. Amen? And so the concept means this, is that you can't answer a question like this by reading one verse. Have you ever picked a verse out of the Bible and you're like, man, that's my promise. But you didn't read the two verses before or the two verses after, right? Don't we do that as Christians? We want to pick that good verse, but we have no idea what that verse was really talking about. So if you grew up in church, you probably heard many stories in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. And maybe tonight you might remember one story about Joshua and his army that circled the walls of Jericho several times before what happened? The walls came tumbling down and God did an amazing thing. But here's the deal. If you want to find the insight in the word of God, some people read the word and they just don't get it, right? Or you read it and you're lost and you lose your place and you have to keep on reading it again. You have to start at the beginning of the story. So we're going to turn right now to Joshua 1.9. And God says this, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, it's a well-known and often quoted verse in Scripture. But let's see what God says in it. First, he tells Joshua, there is no reason to be afraid of what you're facing. Imagine if God told you, look, I don't want you to fight. You don't need um, any kind of weapons. I just need you to go march around the city and it's going to fall down. That sounds kind of crazy. Wouldn't you agree? So the Lord gives him this instructions and he says, there's no reason for you to be afraid of the task that God's calling you to. But then the Lord gives him the reason why he shouldn't be afraid. And that's because the Lord will go with him wherever he goes. I want you to know that when God sends you, when he gives you an assignment, God will go with you all the way. Amen. He doesn't just take you to the interview. He sits in the interview with you. He doesn't even, he doesn't take you to go maybe ask for forgiveness from somebody. He will give you the words and guide you where you've got to go. Amen. He doesn't just open a door for a new job and then leave you hanging. How many of you know that God will go with you wherever you need to go? Amen. You see, Joshua gets it. And that is what God is calling him to do. Joshua cannot do it alone and neither can we. You see, you got to recognize this, that Joshua is able to understand God's strength and power are behind everything that God asked him to do. See, the first step in the process of gaining wisdom is you have to understand what God is asking you to do. You have to understand that God doesn't have to use you for anything. You know, it's amazing in ministry, sometimes people will run a ministry and they think if they walk away, it's all going to fall apart. This is God's ministry. It was God's assignment. And if God uses you for something, maybe there's a season, if you decide to pull away from that, how many of you know God will put somebody in your place? 
right? And so if it's God's ministry, then he knows what it's going to take to get it done. Amen? And Peter says this in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, you and I are used by God to spread the gospel. You know, believe it or not, Easter will be here before we know it. And what is our job? Not just to wait till Easter, but our job every day is to ask the Lord, you know, put me in front of somebody. Set me up with an opportunity. Have you, you know, I used to work at the thrift store that our ministry has, and I would eye the people walking in. And of course I would say hi to them, but you know what I was looking for? I was looking for an opportunity to just say, can I pray with you about something? You know, is there anything you're going through? Or I would say, how was your day? Have you ever asked somebody, how was their day? And they unload. So you have two choices. You can listen to the same thing they've been complaining about for 300 years. Or you could say, you know what? Can I pray with you right now? That's how easy it is to get set up to bring God glory. Amen. So here's the deal. We have to have a healthy fear of the Lord's ability to do it on his own. We have to understand that if God sends you somewhere, he is going to equip you, right? But he can also do it without you. Amen. You see, it will increase our reverence or understanding. You know, I think the biggest thing today that um, sometimes youth and adults face, there's no fear of God. Have you ever noticed that? Like when I was growing up, at least there was a little healthy fear of God. But today, if you look at TV, if you listen to radio, if you look online, it's like nobody, there's no filter. There's no fear of God. There's no reverence or understanding. But if we have that understanding, then it'll help us find true wisdom. Amen? You see, the fear of the Lord does not just bring us to a point of increasing our wisdom, but it lays a foundation of true knowledge. Do you guys remember when you were in school and you learned something like you're learning about the French Revolution? You're like, when am I ever going to use this, right? Or they have you in some kind of home ec class. Well, I would sit in math and I'm like, why do I need to draw triangles, you know? And then I'll never forget, we went on a mission trip to Dominican Republic. And all of a sudden, on this trip, we were going to expand the men's dormitory. And there is one thing they didn't have when we went to the hills of Dominican Republic. A ruler. They did not have a ruler. And here's our whole team from New Life. And we've got everybody's missionary. We're ready to build the building. There's no ruler. And so all of a sudden, I saw a string on the ground. And there was a shovel. And I said, tie the string on there. We're going to just use that. And we ended up using a string and a shovel to make our square. And we actually erected a building. Can you believe that? See, sometimes there are things you're taught that you're like, man, I really wish I would have paid more attention. When it comes to math, I never thought how much math I would use in my life. I sure did not like math when I was there, but I am glad I paid attention. You see, the writer of Proverbs isn't talking about being the smartest person in the room. So what kind of knowledge is that writer talking about? What is the writer of Proverbs saying? What kind of knowledge is best in the world? So we're going to go back and read this again, Proverbs 1.7. And the Bible says this, I'm going to capture this portion. The fear of the Lord is the foundation 
for true knowledge. The fear of the Lord. If you don't have the fear of the Lord and you're trying to walk your Christian walk, you're constantly going to be tumbling down. You're constantly going to be falling to temptation. But when you fear the Lord, how many of you feared your parents growing up? I am going to tell you that my mother had the gift of dreams. I could not even sin and enjoy it. She'd already be having a dream, right? I was like, I just know my mother's dreaming about this right now. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you because when you have a healthy fear, you can have a healthy fear of your parents, but when you have a healthy fear of the Lord and that's your foundation, then your shiny building goes up, right? Then your walk goes up and it won't fall down. Amen. I want to look deeper into the word knowledge. See, most of the Old Testament was actually written in Hebrew. And we see that the original Hebrew for that uh, word was actually dath, D-A-A-T-H. And so what that means is knowledge, not just knowledge, but knowledge in the highest sense. And that means obedience to God. Amen. So when they talked about knowledge, that you needed to be knowledgeable, that was knowing and including the way you obey the Lord. And it actually helps us answer the question of what kind of knowledge do we need in this world to be the best Christian that we can be? You see, the knowledge of who God is and what he's about. If you want to have a deeper walk with the Lord, you're tired of just coming to church week in, week out, struggling in your faith. If you want the deep understanding of obedience to him, then you got to know who God is. Amen. So in order to grow in the Lord, we have to know his word. So for instance, if we lay a foundation of the fear of the Lord, then we have to be led to study who God is. And how do we find that? If you really want to know who God is, you got to go to the Old Testament and the New Testament. Amen. And one of the things that we will find out is that God cares for his people. He cares for you. And when you get the love of God, then you learn to love him in return. When I wake up in the morning, I am the very first thing before my feet hit the ground. I say, God, I just praise you. I thank you. And then I say, this is going to be a great day right? I don't even allow the negative stuff to hit my ears. And Carlos knows that I don't want to hear anything negative. And so we get so distracted. But when we follow Jesus and we follow his teachings, this is what wisdom is going to look like. Amen. We don't make quick decisions. When I follow the Lord and I know the fear of God and I have wisdom, um, I also will pray before I do something. How many of you have moved in an apartment, but you prayed, is this the apartment, God, you want me to move in? Or you bought a house. Is this, God, what you want to do? How many of you guys went back to school, but you prayed about it first? And let me tell you what's going to happen is, if you will pray to God, you'll have self-control. You are going to apologize less in your life, I promise you. See, what we do is we make these quick decisions, and then we have to apologize later. Any of us really good at apologizing? And we wish that we would think before we act. See, we got to learn how to think before we act. Look, when we have the wisdom of God, it produces good judgment. And we've talked about the fact that obedience to God results in gaining true knowledge and wisdom. But let me ask you a question. What do you do at work? What do you do at work when you have a situation, right? Sometimes we're at work and maybe you're a salesperson. And the boss tells you, do whatever it takes to make the sale. 
and all of a sudden everybody in the circle are doing things that you know are not right, I want to encourage you that even if it takes longer, don't go to bed at night knowing you did the wrong thing. Right? Because God holds us accountable. And when we grow in our faith, we have enough wisdom to know let's not make that mistake. Right? We can stop before we make a mistake. There's three things that you're going to be able to do when you grow in wisdom. The first thing is you're going to be able to point out the sinful temptations. When you grow in wisdom, you're going to know when a sinful temptation has presented itself to you. So we're going to be able to point out the sinful temptation that will try to draw us in, something Proverbs talks a lot about. And it's not always a big sin. Maybe it's buying something you know you had no business buying. We're upset. I'm like, I got to go to TJ Maxx and fix my upsetness right now. The second thing that you are going to be able to do when you grow in your faith with God is you're going to be able to surround ourselves with the right people. If you're in the circle with the wrong people, it's a lot easier to make a bad mistake and a bad choice. Yeah? The third thing is you're going to be more empowered. You're going to be more confident and you're going to be a stronger Christian. Can you look back on your life and say, boy, six months ago, I'd have made some bad decisions, but today I'm making better decisions. Third thing, you'll be more empowered, more confident, a stronger Christian and individual when you lay foundations of wisdom and knowledge in your life. Here's the deal. When you grow in the Lord, you're going to grow spiritually, but it's going to affect everybody around you. When you make good decisions, people can tell that you're making good decisions. Look, we all get in the flesh. Don't we all have the flesh moments? And see, if you're not a strong Christian, then you'll lean into that voice. And that sounds funny, but how many times do we do that in a wrong relationship or in areas of temptation? You know, one of the biggest areas of temptation in our life is our cell phone. How many of you know you can do a lot of damage on a cell phone? Yeah, you could do a lot of damage on your cell phone and you can be tempted in areas that we have no business as Christians to be engaging in. Maybe you've been given some things to think about and maybe you need to look at which foundation you're building on. If you were to build a little house of Legos on a pillow, how easy is that going to be to stand or is that going to be easy to fall over? But if I built it on a flat, hard, solid ground, right? If I have a good foundation, then it'll probably hold up. I'm talking about Legos, but what about your life? What about your walk with the Lord? If you're building your walk with the Lord and out here, everybody, it looks like you've got your life together. It looks like you're a Christian. You have your Bible. You know how to sing songs. You even usher or participate in church, but at home, your life is always falling apart. You got to check your foundation. You know, some of us need to be like that pot, right? That God is a potter, right? And we're the clay. And we need to say, God, break me. And I want to be rebuilt on something. I'm tired of falling. I'm tired of falling back to temptation. I'm tired of making goals in my life and not sticking with it. Some of the reasons we do that is because our foundation isn't solid. But if you have the fear of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit inside of you. And that's you growing in the Lord. We all talk about his love. We all talk about his grace. 
but it's not that attractive to talk about the fear of the Lord. But when you have a healthy fear of the Lord, I tell you, I had a great fear of the Lord of my mom and dad, a fear of the Lord, but I also had a fear of my mom and dad, right? But I had a healthy one. It doesn't mean that you're afraid. I don't want you to be afraid of God. Some people say, I'm not coming to church because I don't want to be afraid of God. God wants to come against me or he doesn't like what I wear or what I talk or there's so many rules in becoming a Christian. How many of you know that's not what God means when we say the healthy fear of God? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.